Welcome to Synergetic Culture, where we exist to provide practical and tangible content to help you build a synergetic culture. Here's the dichotomy though. Culture is formed either by design or by default. A culture by design, when adopted by the people within the culture, has a multiplying effect in the way it builds the organization and the individuals within it. And this, my friends, this is a synergetic culture. So how do we create a culture by design? What fundamentals and tactics and principles build a synergetic culture? Well, you've come to the right place. So no matter where you find yourself in your career, this podcast is for you. And with that being said, let's jump into today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Welcome to Synergetic Culture and episode 25 of our show. My name is Adam Bieber, and I'm so thankful that you're tuning into today's episode. I hope it's helpful for you, and I hope that you have some really good things to take away from it. Um, we're in the middle or towards the tail end of a series called eight soft skills that will change the way you lead. And these topics we believe are going to elevate your leadership. You see, soft skills are not necessarily easy to track or to have metrics and, and data around, but they're important. They're crucial to developing yourself and developing the people around you. And as a result, impacting the culture that you're a part of. So focusing on soft skills to me is important and, and helpful. So that's what we're going to do. Today is part six of our series, again, entitled Eight Soft Skills That Will Change the Way You Lead. This is part six, and we're going to be talking about our sixth soft skill. Um, before we jump into it, next episode, which will be in two weeks, is going to be a two-part um, episode where we're going to cover the last two soft skills with a very special interview and I'm excited for you guys to hear it and um, for us to wrap up this series but today I want to talk about a word and a soft skill that I think um, <laughs> oftentimes has a little bit of a cheesy or cliche response when the word is said or heard and that word and soft skill is grit I want to ask you to pause and think about what is the first thing that came to mind when I said the word grit. I know for me, when I thought about it, uh, I envisioned this giant word printed onto the wall of a Division I football locker room where they have words like determination and effort and grit on the wall. Um, I thought about like motivational speeches where people are like, you just got to have grit. You got to dig deep. I thought about uh, my old football coach saying things like champions aren't born. They're made and they're made with hard work and grit. It's all about what you do during the off season and to prepare for practice and at practice. And you're going to uh, play like you practice. So you got to put in all the effort and have the grit to be a champion. But what does grit even mean? And uh, I took this cliche thought or word and wanted to give you some real practical application for how we can how we can display grit, how we can develop our grit, 
and how we can uh, grow in this area. Uh, because if champions aren't born, they're made, then I have reason to believe that grit is not just something that people are born with, but it's, that, it's also something that can be developed. Now, there's this entire aspect of uh, building grit and, and really building a lot of the qualities and characteristics that we carry. Um, it, it, and it, it can go down the path of nature versus nurture and you know what impacts us and what uh, things lead to us developing the characteristics that we have. I don't want to go down that path on this episode. While that's a wonderful conversation to have and I think it's very valid, I want to focus on grit from uh, a different perspective. Uh, what I think is helpful is to understand what grit is. Um, my The definition I came across, I loved. It's courage and resolve, strength of character. I love that. Courage and resolve. Those are such powerful words. And strength of character. Um, others like to use the definition uh, coined by Angela Lee Duckworth that grit is passion and perseverance. Now, if you've never heard of Angela Lee Duckworth, I encourage you to check her out. Um, there's a TED Talk that she did all on grit. Um, she also wrote a book called Grit, The Power of Passion and Persistence, or Perseverance. So this is um, a topic that she's super passionate about. What I really enjoyed was in the six-minute TED Talk that she gave, you were able to really understand what led her on the journey of discovering more about grit and what characteristics and qualities build grit and um, what successful people uh, have in common and grit being one of those things. Um, she started in the corporate world, but then left corporate America to go be a teacher. And as a teacher, she started to uh, become fascinated with uh, the keys to success for students. <clears throat> she looked at talent. She looked at IQ. She looked at uh, social and emotional learning. She looked at um, the environment in which those students were raised. She looked at their perception of education in school. And she started to formulate uh, a common theme and thread throughout these different uh, aspects and, and uh, research points that pointed her to see that the most successful students displayed grit. They had a passion and a perseverance that resulted in success for them. And so continuing to stay fascinated by it, she actually left teaching and went back to school for psychology and developed her research in psychology all around this topic. And so now this is part of what she does is survey and assess groups of people to see who's got the characteristics of grit. So it's very fascinating if you kind of get um, enjoyment from that type of research and understanding, check out the book and, and I would encourage everybody to go listen to the Ted talk. Um, but she says something in that Ted talk that I thought was great. It, it, she talks about pass, passion and perseverance for the long haul. She said day in and day out, not just for the week or for the month. And I added this for the quarter. Cause I'm, I'm in that world of, uh, performance of week, month and quarter, uh, being in sales but striving for long-term goals that span years of effort. One of the cool things that I thought was so fascinating about the data that she collected 
is she was able to point to the fact that IQ doesn't necessarily correlate high IQ doesn't necessarily correlate or equal high grit um, talent somebody that's talented in, in some area um, doesn't mean that they have a high level of grit so while there are people that have high IQs they can still underperform and while there are people that have lower IQs they can overperform and a lot of it has to do with the level of grit that passion and perseverance within their soul to push through and and push forward and and strive for success. Now, I don't know how you take that information and what your response is to it. But for me, uh, it's encouraging because it tells me that um, you don't have to fit a certain mold in order to develop grit. You don't have to fit a certain mold in order to achieve success. A lot of success takes time. It's a slow process. You have a better shot of becoming a millionaire just by putting your head down and working than you do by becoming famous overnight, you know, one hit wonder or going viral, if you will. <clears throat> and you certainly have a better shot of it than you would by just playing the lottery. So it encouraged me because maybe you don't think you have the highest level of IQ or maybe you don't think that you have an outstanding talent in one specific area. I know for me, like if I'm just being honest, I, I oftentimes saw myself as a pretty mediocre student. And I don't mean that in a condescending way towards myself or to put myself down. Um, I just, I struggled a bit with performing on tests. I knew that. Um, I struggled when I had a hard time understanding and, and sometimes my learning style was, was a little bit tricky. Um, and so I, I'm smart. I knew that I was smart, but I just also knew that I was not, you know, going to break records with my SAT scores either. And so when I hear this, I'm encouraged because I'm the type of person that wants to be successful. And if you're listening to this podcast and you want to build yourself and lead yourself well and uh, apply soft skills that will change the way you lead, then I think it's safe to say or for me to assume and venture that you would also like to see success. So how do we, uh, how do we develop that? Um, a couple episodes back, we, we talked about a concept, an idea that I absolutely love. There's an entire podcast on lifelong learning. Um, I think the persistence in perseverance, I think the passion and perseverance <clears throat> comes from having an attitude of lifelong learning. Um, somebody that can have a passion and a desire and a perseverance to grow and to develop and strive for a goal that could take years upon years to see results from comes from this desire to be a lifelong learner. Now I'm not going to unpack that entire episode 
<laughs> you can go back and listen to it. I can't actually remember which number episode it is, but you can look for the title. It's Lifelong Learning. But I covered three areas, education, mentorship, and experience. Three areas that you can pursue lifelong learning in. Learning from your experiences, learning from others, trusted people, mentors that you can have in your life, and learning from education. Keeping your your mind um, in, in this state of, I'm going to constantly learn and grow. I haven't arrived. I don't know everything. And I'm willing to learn. I think one of the things that robs people of the ability to develop grit and the effort it takes to be a lifelong learner is pride. I think I mentioned this before, but I I like to be as transparent as I can in this setting on this, this platform and in this podcast. But if, if I'm being totally honest with you, that's probably my biggest pitfall is my pride. I want to be correct and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be correct. But when that takes precedence over the potential for me to be wrong, then I miss out on an opportunity to learn. And so being a lifelong learner keeps me in a state of humility. Um, Something I try to practice on a daily basis. It doesn't come naturally. This is not an easy thing to instill. Grit does not come natural. Grit is not easy. Some people, again, giving respect to the nature and nurture conversation, and some people uh, are just impacted differently by circumstances, and so they may be forced into um, developing this a little bit easier than others or, and on the flip side, may be forced into develop- developing it because of hard circumstances. But this is not something that comes easier naturally. This is, this is against the current. So with that being said, what, what does it take to develop that? It takes humility. That helps so much to keep you in a state of passion and perseverance. Those are two very powerful words that I don't take lightly. <clears throat> and so... While pride is something that is very um, harmful to the the process of developing grit, there's another aspect of this as well that is that is harmful, and I think it's our current society and culture. Let me explain it to you this way. A good friend of mine, I've I've talked about him before. I think I've quoted him a few times on the podcast. Is Dr. Tim Elmore? I got the pleasure of working with Dr. Elmore several years ago, and a lot of the principles that he uh, taught through the leadership curriculum that he develops has stuck with me. It's really, really good stuff. Uh, Look up, he's got so many books published, Uh, but his flagship leadership curriculum, they're called Habitudes, Images That Form Leadership Habits and Attitudes. And um, working with him, I just learned so much. And he talked about uh, generations and he, he's a, a student of generations and the changes between the boomers and then the Xers and then uh, um, the millennials, which is my crew. And then Gen Z, which is, you know, high school students and college students today. 
what um what are the differences how do they learn how do they thrive what are they passionate about and not making blanket statements about them but just doing research to better understand the groups as a whole um very very smart high level stuff i again would encourage you to go listen to some of his stuff there's a podcast out there that he and another phenomenal leader andrew mcpeak that works with him and i got to work with um lead together and <clears throat> a lot of really good content if you're into this sort of thing but i remember him using the phrase um microwave generation and the idea is that rather than take the time to go and gather the fresh ingredients and put together a home cooked fresh meal that would take a couple hours maybe I mean if you got to go to the grocery store to source your ingredients it could take longer but would take a couple hours to produce a meal instead we have the option uh, to pop something in the microwave for a minute and 20 seconds and have the meal ready just by the snap of a finger practically. And and so much of our world has shifted from something that takes time and perseverance to instantaneous. A microwave society because you can zap it and get it immediately. Um, another phrase or terminology that's used a lot you may have heard is instant gratification. I love instant gratification. I'll be honest with you on that one. That's something that uh, when I'm being totally true to myself, I want results immediately. I want to be able to run all the miles immediately without having to train for months and months. I want the the sale immediately without going through the entire sales process. I want instant results, but I don't let my desire for instant results stunt me or stop me from being able to go through the process and the perseverance it takes to actually get the results. And what's harmful for our ability to develop grit is that so much of our society is instantaneous. It's it's shows without commercials. It's fast forwarding through the commercials. It's uh, being able to uh, think that you want to eat something and then have somebody else pick it up at the restaurant and deliver it to you. It's being able to, in a moment, connect with thousands of people using social media, everything is instantaneous. And while efficiency is great, um, we use the term workflows um, in in my world and in my career. Uh, all of that is is a, a, a good thing. We're advancing technology. There's also reality that we are programming ourselves and programming the rising generation to expect instantaneous results. And when they don't get them, our first knee-jerk reaction is this means failure. And so it's harder for people to develop grit because the passion and perseverance it takes means you have to push past the time, push past the effort, push past the inability to have the immediate snap of a finger. And you've got the results. 
Another way to look at it, and I like this terminology, is to think about pursuing long-term gain over short-term pleasure. I've heard this phrase delivered by different um, athletes. Uh, I listen to a lot of books by uh, special warfare operators like Navy SEALs, and they talk about the the long-term gain over the short-term pleasure. They're talking about grit. And a lot of it starts in your mind and in your head and, and how you perceive obstacles and how you perceive goals. <clears throat> Here's what I know. Or let me rephrase that. Here's what I believe. <laughs> and this is my opinion, so take it for what you want, but this is also my podcast. So if you're still listening, I want to share this thought with you. I believe that grit is contagious. When you surround yourself with other people that are lifelong learners, that are pursuing a passion and a perseverance, it encourages you to do the same. Now, it won't just force you to do it. It won't make you make the, the decisions to have grit. But it does impact you. So grit's contagious. Uh, pay attention to the people that are around you. <clears throat> and if you're a leader, it's a really good opportunity for you to establish more of the culture and the environment of your team to be centered around grit. Last week, I talked about problem solving. I think that's a component to grit. Problem solving and the stuff that my dad you know, would teach me. And both my mom and dad would say things like, hey, we're Biebers. We can do this. Um, they established a team, a contagious environment. We can persevere. We can come up with a solution. You can be the one to solve this. It empowered me. Um, so I believe grit's contagious. And I think it can become a community value. In the same way that my parents encourage problem solving, I think you can encourage grit. Um, there's different ways to do that. So I don't, I don't know how to practically unpack it here today on this, this episode. Because if you're listening, I want you to apply it to your current, your current situation in your scenario. What does it look like for you to make grit a community value? So I think this is why coaches and teams use words like grit. Because they want it to define the group. They want it to define the team. They want it to define the community. That's why it's printed in giant letters on the wall of a locker room. Because <clears throat> when those guys see it, it reminds them that it takes passion and perseverance in order to develop this. And then what happens is this posture and this way of operating becomes habitual. There's components of discipline. We can go back to Mark's episode at the beginning of the series that make this a habitual and consistent way of, of, of living. Here's the thing I want to close with. If you're listening to this episode right now, and maybe you're struggling with um, the season of life that you're in, so it's hard for you to conceptualize having grit 
when the first word that describes grit is passion. What do you do when your scenario or maybe even your life feels passionless? I want to I want to leave you with this idea or this thought. I believe in in God. I believe in a higher power. I believe in Jesus Christ and I ascribe to uh, the Bible and its teachings. I'm sharing that so you know where I'm coming from, not to push my opinion on anybody. But if I'm going to ascribe to that thinking and that um, that mindset, then I'm going to believe that no matter where you are listening to this podcast, there is a reason and a purpose for the season of life that you're in. And it might be really freaking hard to figure out what that reason and purpose is. And it may take grit to bear it and get through it. But I love the thought and the idea that the season of life you're in is a season. It is a life season, not a life sentence. This is not it for you. But my encouragement to you is while you are in it, look for the pieces of it that you can be passionate about. Look for the things that can pull you through that season. Take a step back and, and pause like problem solving. Pause and look at the different areas of your current situation and look at the things that you know you need to persevere through and find a passion within them. Because for some people listening, the, the passion idea is easy. You may be super passionate about um, either a movement or a, a career or a specific job or <clears throat> your calling in life or your, your position as a, a volunteer or, or as a parent or as a, a mentor. That might be enough for you to stay passionate and, and persevere through life circumstances and, and, and even just the, the attainment of goals. But if you're lacking in passion, my encouragement to you first and foremost is to know that there's a purpose and a reason for the season that you're in and that it's going to improve and get better. And it's not going to be this way forever. And while you're in it, look for ways to thrive and to find passion in what it is that you're doing. The biggest lesson I learned, and I say this a lot on this podcast, is, is it's more about who you, you do things with and less about what you do. And, and I talk about it in terms of like your career. Where I learned that the most profoundly was a season of my life where I had been laid off. Um, and I was... I had the the honor of getting to work with some incredible people. There was a gentleman at, at my church who owned a business and he said, Adam, I know you're in between jobs right now. I know that this is not going to be your career. This is what I do with my, my career, but I've built this business and I could really use your help and I'd love to pay you and I'll pay you well and take care of you. And as soon as you have the next thing lined up, I want to send you off well. 
Now, that all sounds really encouraging and exciting and good. The work itself was challenging. It was a landscaping company. I was laying pine straw in 20 degree weather. Then as it started to warm up, we were cutting grass and edging and blowing leaves and doing landscape work for hours and hours and hours a day. It was very laborious and it would have been easy for me to feel like the season of life I was in was pointless because I wasn't passionate about landscaping. I wasn't passionate about this side of, of this business. But what I learned so profoundly in that season was it is way more important to me to focus on who over what. And the who I got to do that job with are some of the best freaking people on this planet. And the conversations I got to have with that gentleman at my church who owned that business while riding around in the truck going from resident to resident or business to business where we did the landscaping are some of the most memorable and impactful conversations I had. If I was not willing to look at it as an opportunity to develop and grow with the people I was with, I would have totally missed out. So I share that story with you, hoping that it encourages you. Because if you're walking through a difficult season, it may be hard to find passion. It may be hard to connect with this episode and, and really find the grit. <clears throat> but I encourage you to look for, look for the places and the positives that are going on around you, even if they're few, and the things that you can be passionate about and persevere through the season. Don't just try to rush it and get through it and get it over with. But look for the positives within it. That's going to help you develop a grit through challenging times. I'm forever grateful for that season of my life. It was humbling. It was hard. It was physically hard. But it taught me a lot. And it helped me to develop a grit and a passion inside of me that no matter what the circumstances were I was going to face and landscaping and doing that for a season of life is not the hardest thing I've been through in life. But I will say it contributed. It helped me to, to have a, a better perspective. So when I did hit harder things, I knew what to focus on. <clears throat> I knew it wasn't going to last forever. And I knew that I could have grit and determination and the passion inside of me to learn and grow and develop through it. Life is not about what happens to us. It's about how we respond to those things that happen to us and how we learn and grow and develop from them. I heard somebody say that they don't look at the situations as why is this happening to me? They say, what, what is the purpose of this happening for me? Holy smokes, that changes the perspective. That's grit in action. That is passion and perseverance. So what does it look like for you to adopt this idea and this thought process and this way of thinking in your life? What changes could you make? You know, because if you just hear this, but you don't do anything about it, then no matter how true or untrue, everything I've said is, it doesn't matter. If there's no action. So what action can you take to develop your grit, 
Maybe it's very simple. Maybe it's go back and listen to the lifelong learning episode and find ways to posture yourself to grow and develop with education, with mentorship, and with your experiences. I think that's a great place to start. But take it another level. Look at your own current circumstances. What is the biggest challenge that you're trying to overcome? What's the biggest goal you have? Where can you get passionate? And just remember, it's going to take time. Fight the urge to desire and require a microwave response. It's going to take a crock pot for like 12 hours. (laughs) Fight that urge for instant gratification. And look at the bigger picture, the long-term gain over the short-term pleasure. You develop grit and you will be a contagious person to be around. That attitude will start to rub off on the people around you that you are closest to. The people that you lead will start to develop that same grit and tenacity, that passion and perseverance. It'll make you a better person. And I hope, I I truly hope that it impacts the culture and the people around you. So, grit. It's not as cheesy and it's not as cliche as sometimes it turns out to be or or we think it is. That's all for today's episode of Synergetic Culture. Thank you so much for listening. I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Reach out. <clears throat> if you're listening to this and we've never met, I'd love to uh, interact with you. You can find me on LinkedIn, add me there, or send us a message on Instagram, and I personally run the account and will respond. Uh, but I want to thank you for, for listening. I hope that this is helpful, and I want to encourage you to tune in in a couple weeks for the final episode where we cover uh, soft skill number seven and eight together with a very special guest. So tune in for that next episode. Go back and listen to Lifelong Learning. Know that I love you guys and I appreciate you. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more about Synergetic Culture, we invite you to go to synergeticculture.com. Sign up to receive our weekly podcast and blog, and then connect with us on social media. We want to be connected to you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe to the podcast and then share our show with the people around you so they too can build a synergetic culture. This episode was written and recorded by Adam Bieber, founder and CEO of Synergetic Culture. Synergetic Culture is a registered trademark of Adam Bieber and the Synergetic Culture Company.